message. I want to talk about fasting, how important fasting is, and tie it to what I'm talking about tonight. Fasting. I'm very sure that that, this can actually put the fire in your belly with regards to God and following through with God. Fasting should be a part of our Christian living. That's what Jesus tells us. In Matthew 6, beginning from verse 1 through verse 18, Jesus was telling us the things that we ought to do as Christians. He says, when you pray, not if you pray. He says, when you give, when you do your charitable deeds, it's not saying if you do it, it's when you do it. You are supposed to do charitable deeds. You, that's part of your Christian living. You got to give. It's when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. Not if you fast. It's when you fast. It's the, it's as the same as you praying. They go together. When you pray, when you fast. And when you are praying, you are praying to your Father, God, Jesus said, who is in secret and sees in secret. Read those scriptures from uh, Matthew eight, uh, chapter 6, from 1 through 18. Read them carefully. He tells us very, uh, very clearly there that your Father watches uh, over these things in secret and sees in secret. So when you pray in secret, your father who sees in secret and he is in, who is in secret and sees in secret, he rewards you openly. When you give in secret, your father who sees in secret he gives, he, he actually is in secret, he rewards you openly. The same thing with fasting. Many times we give, many times we pray, we pray a lot, we almost, almost every day we're praying. But have you ever reasoned that Jesus really wants us to fast? How often do you fast in a year? Is it part of our duty to God? I think, and I'm just talking to you, I'm be, my eyes are beginning to open. Okay? I'm beginning to realize it's not just praying alone. It's not just giving alone. I should include fasting. If you read in the Old Testament, they fasted often. Read. Daniel. How many do when Daniel fast? They fasted. And Jesus didn't take it away from the New Testament. Most people pray. When they have problems, they pray, pray and pray. They never even think about fasting because we haven't been taught that fasting is a part of my life. I need to fast maybe once a week from morning till sundown. Many people are not doing that. And so we're not really hearing much from God. And the fire is not there. The desire is not there. Everything we're doing is a religious thing. But Jesus didn't say, if you fast. He said, when 
you fast. And I need to bring that in tonight because there's something that's going to change. I got to watch the time. I got a lot to say. In Matthew 19, 14 and 15, it says, Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees, that's the disciples of John the Baptist, why do we and the Pharisees fast often? Notice, John was doing it himself with them. We get it? They were not fasting sometimes. They were fasting often. It was part of their walk with God. They fasted often. They were asking, this was disciples of John the Baptist. They were asking Jesus, why do we and the Pharisees fast often? But your disciples do not fast. Guess why they couldn't tell Jesus, you're not fasting? Because Jesus was fasting. The disciples were not fasting, but Jesus was. We know of the one that we read from the beginning before the temptation, and many times we think, well, that was the only time he fasted. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Otherwise, they would have accused him, you're not fasting. And you can tell from his answer. It says, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. And then they will what? Fast. We are living in that day. The days will come. These are the days. The bridegroom is no longer here with us. Sometimes we read scriptures and we just go past. Whereas there is a secret there for my success as a Christian in life. And we missed it. He says, when the bridegroom is taken, the days will come. And in those days, they will fast. They will fast. Thank God we are fasting right now. It's very important. We have to fast. What it does, I don't, know, I don't have a full understanding. What it does for God, I got no clue. To obey is better than sacrifice. And to hearken than the facts of ram. If you are willing and obedient, you eat the good of the land. Secret things belong to the Lord our God. The things that are revealed belong to us and to our children. There are things that God will not really explain to us. And even if he chose to explain them to us, we will still not get it. But all we have to do is obey and reap the benefit. That's all we need to do. You make up your mind tonight, I'm going to be doing this. You won't be perfect at it, but God is not looking to the outward. He's looking to your heart. And he will empower you. And one year from now, your life is transformed. One year from now. From now, just because you heard the message and I said, you say, I'm going to try to do that. God, you strengthen me and I do that. I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. I'm going to do that. God, help me. Help me. I'm going to obey your word. And as you step out, it may be shaking. When a, a child begins to walk, it's usually not perfect. Right? But slowly but surely, with parents' help, guidance, before long, they're running all over the place. And I'm going to start, God, I'm going to start doing this. Because you said so. Don't understand it, but because you said so, and that's my work, I'm going to combine this with my prayer as well. Not only during the first 21 days in, 
in uh, January or through the year. Maybe from 6 in the morning till 6 in the evening, 5 in the evening. But God's not looking at the severity of your heart. Because he says, the time is coming. The days are coming when those without the bridegroom, he's up there, they will fast. And we should be doing that so that his words will be fulfilled. When you do those things, what, what Jesus said, you are helping to fulfill the words he spoke. That's what, those were his words. You aligned yourself with God's words for the fulfillment of it. He'll bless you and bless your family. When things are too hard, you got, you've prayed, your friends have prayed, and you've done everything you know to do, there's no change. If you consider fasting, maybe that God was wanting to show you something. It's not hunger strike. It's fasting before God. It's very holy to God. What fasting does for us? Fasting unleashes the power of the anointing in our lives. When you fast, everyone that comes into Christ, especially if you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, there is an anointing that came over you. Guess what is packaged in that anointing? Your destiny. Everything that God called you to do is in that anointing. But to get it released, sometimes you need to fast. You remember Jesus? After he was baptized by John the Baptist, the Holy Spirit came upon him in the fullness of it, of himself and baptized. What was the next thing that happened? For the next 40 days, Jesus was in the wilderness, fasting, fasting. That was the Son of God. That was even after God himself declared with a loud voice and everybody heard it and said, Who said that? He said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And yet he went out 40 days after he had been anointed. A lot of Christians believe I received the Holy Spirit, now I got power. Jesus didn't do it that way. He went into the wilderness. Read about Paul. Paul said he was in the wilderness of Arabia, remember, for some years. And then came back. His name was changed from Saul to Paul. Powerful disciple. A powerful disciple. We really need to read scriptures with a lot of you know, by the grace of God, understanding so you get principles that you can pattern your life after. And you don't have to please anybody or prove anything to anybody. I don't have to be religious. I find this principle, and if you get it, it's from God. And if you follow through with it, the power hits you. You may not even feel like you have any power, but step out to do a work for God, and the power shows up. Everybody's shocked. You're shocked with them. That's how this thing is. Because God watches over his word to perform it. A lot of Christians, you know, just 
in church now, sitting in the pew. What do you want? You're just going to be an ordinary Christian? Nothing supernatural coming out of your life? That's the way you want it? I don't want it that way. I cry out to God constantly. I don't want to be an ordinary Christian. And yet, I don't have to prove anything to anybody. I don't feel like I need to. But I need to be a servant of God. And you are a servant of God. Just as he's called me, he's called you as well. Every one of us has a calling. You have a calling upon your life. He didn't say those that believe, the pastors that believe shall cast out devils, right? Is that what he says? No. Those who believe. So I pray to God for that. I need to see these things. I need to see these things in my life. Whether it's working in pastor's life or not, that's not my business. Pastor is not my Jesus. I need Jesus and I need to see his work in my life. I need to see that. Verse 13, after Jesus was tempted, he says, Now when the devil had entered, uh, ended his uh, every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. We know about the temptation. So this Jesus had been in the wilderness, tempted for 40 days. In verse 14 it says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. When he left the wilderness after fasting, don't tell me the power of the Spirit was, on, was not on him when he received the Spirit. It was already there. But 40 days and the temptation and the trial, when he came back into Galilee, he was a different man. And things began to happen. And everybody began to hear, wow, there's a young prophet in town, I'm telling you. Did they see him fasting? They had no clue. But this is what he did. And I believe that the Bible recorded this and put that there for us so that we can recognize this is the way God works. Just because you are filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't mean you walk in power. You need to pray and fast. You need to pray and fast. Amen. And you can see this. Every time people fast and pray before God, praying in tongues and spending time, especially for us, the Holy Spirit always will show up. And usually He has something to say. Very powerful that will change your life change your family, change your destiny, and sometimes change the world. It can't happen. I don't, I don't particularly enjoy only just the select few that God is willing to use, and He, can, he cannot use the Ark Fellowship to accomplish things that's heard of all over the world. I refuse to believe that. I believe that God can use the Ark Fellowship and can touch the whole world if we are willing to believe God and pray and stand. We're doing that on Friday night. We're coming in here to pray. If we come together and we are in agreement, God can use us. You read about Azusa Street. There were people like us. They prayed, came together, met, and then look, now... Until Jesus comes, people are still talking about it. Why do I want to read about them? I want somebody to read about the Earth Fellowship as well. But are we willing to make that sacrifice? That's the issue here. We just accept everything that's given to us. Like I said on Sunday, 
Satan brings his package, your name is not on it based on what God says, and you sign for the package, and you, you say, thank you, devil, bye. No. I came that you might have life, and that you might have it more abundantly. I want to experience every facet of that abundant life. Paul said, you walk like men. And I'm wondering, what are they then if they are not, they are not men? Mere men. Because the way God sees us, we're different. But we have to do what it takes to unleash this thing in our life so that God begins to do unusual things in our life. That's scripture. This is right here. And God washes over his word to perform it. We've got to wake up, people. We've got to wake up and say, I'm going to believe God. We've got to see something different. I'm not going to be running to and fro waiting for somebody to cook for me to come and eat, buy it, cook, and then I come in and say, wow, we got revival. Well, I want my own revival. I want to see it with my own eyes. Let them come and eat. That's the issue. Amen. He says, he says, tells us in Acts 13, 2 and 3, he says, And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. They ministered. This was a, a, a Paul, Barnabas, and some other prophet. They were fasting and praying before God. And as they prayed, that was ministering to God. They ministered to God and fasted. As they were doing this, it says, The Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. That was what changed the world today. That very moment, what was happening right there, while they were fasting and praying, that was how Paul got... Well, now that we know about this Paul and Barnabas that's changed the world. People said, these are the men. They are here. They turned the world upside down. They are, come. They, are back. they are coming to us again. It started right there while they were fasting and ministering to God. Were they already filled with the Holy Spirit? Oh, yes. They were. But we really need to... If you don't have the hunger for God, it's so easy to be satisfied. That's the danger. God's using me, and God's done all of these things in my life, and I'm going to show you all of those things. That's behind. I need something fresh. On Sunday, I'm going to be talking about the showbread, 12, 12 loaves, fresh bread every day. Something fresh. You can go back in the Old Testament. When they gathered manna, you don't keep it till the next day. Remember? You eat it that day. If you try to keep it, it goes bad. Because God wants something fresh every day. We don't live in the past. We can talk about it just to remind us so that we pursue and stay there. But you cannot be satisfied with what's happened in the past. And that's the danger. A lot of people are always going back and staying there. I want something fresh. God do it for me. Amen. But that's how we started. While they fasted and prayed before God, many people were going to church, but there is really no hunger for something more, for yourself and for your family. It's just about going to church. It's not about going to church. 
I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to do something for God. I want to bring people to His kingdom. I want to do signs and wonders in His name. He didn't say pastors alone can do it. Every one of us can. Every one of us can. And if you don't have any hunger for it, God is not, not going to show up. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Well, why hunger and thirst after righteousness? I thought the scripture says, if you receive Christ, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. We're not talking about that kind of righteousness. We're talking about the products of righteousness. The fruit of righteousness. You hunger and thirst. I've got to see this. And God will show it. We don't get religious about all kinds of... Sometimes Christians are fighting over silly stuff. Really silly stuff. Things that don't make any sense. You just want to walk away. Why did pastor do this? And why this person did this? The flower don't look... (sighs) That's what really matters to you. What the flower looks like and what pastor did and pastor didn't do, you, you haven't got it. Life is much more than all those petty stuff. And it's life in Jesus is much more than that. You're focused on that, something is wrong. Focused on drawing closer to God and letting Him heal you. We all need healing. I cry out for healing. I'm not just talking about physical healing. I need healing in every area of my life. So I can do what God's called me to do. And I'm not looking and comparing myself with anybody. I don't need to do that. I'm no more righteous than anybody else. So that's, they are not my focus. You're not my problem. I got a serious problem I'm dealing with. This is the real problem right here. Yeah, the real problem. Like I said, you can't hurt you. No one can hurt you like you can hurt yourself. That's the way it is. It's true life. Don't keep looking at the friend who's causing you problems. You, you the one causing the problem. Wake up to it. It's not your husband. It's not your wife. You are the real problem. Many times I used to think his angel is a real problem. I'm kidding. <laughs> then I find out who the real problem is, you know. Oh, God, have mercy on me. <laughs> oh. Sometimes you find that out when it's a little late and you don't know how to handle it. (laughs) Uh, When you change, the other person will change. That's just the truth. Let me share with you the fast that God, the kind of fast that God has chosen. Uh, As I was studying, I finally realized, wow, I didn't realize this. Fasting brings something into your life that is truly unique. Every time you fast and you really fast, some things are going to things will definitely change. I, in my own experience, I found this to be true. There's never been a time. Even if it's just three days that I fast, something changes. It's, it's an amazing thing. Fasting will cause the bonds of wickedness 
to be loosed from your life and from the lives of those that are around you. The yoke that's over your, la- your life will be broken when you fast. The oppressed will be let go. Oppression will be removed. That's the kind of fasting God wants. In Isaiah 58 verse 6, he says, Is this not the fast that I have chosen? So there is a type of fast that God hasn't chosen. There are different kinds of fastings that we do. But there is a fast that God has chosen. They basically, God's not talking about the nature of the fasting. It's what happens when you fast. That's the kind of fast that is chosen. When it's chosen by God, that's what the result is going to be. God says, is this not the fast that I have chosen to lose the bonds of wickedness? When you fast, the bonds of wickedness will be loosed from your life and from the lives of those around you. That's the kind of fast God has chosen. If it's just the fast so that you lose weight, that's not the kind of fast God has chosen. <laughs> Your fasting should have results in your life and in the life of those around you. To lose the bonds of wickedness, you can't lose them by yourself. But if you fast before God, those things will be taken off. To lose the bonds of wickedness. To undo heavy burdens. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy. He says he will take them from you. He will break the yoke over your life. And to let the oppressed go free. So when you, if you are oppressed and you really fast, you are going to be free. That's the kind of fast God is choosing. That's the kind of fast God is choosing. When you fast, the first place to look is to yourself. And God will change you. Matthew, all of this that we've said, free yourself first. It says in Matthew 7, verse 3 to 5, And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eyes, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So when you fast, the first place to look is you. Deal with what's going on in you and you'll, you'll be free. There was a fast. When I, came back, when I came into the United States from my country, I came in very, very confused about Christianity. Very, very confused about Christianity. If you read the book, probably you'll get to the chapter I talked about it. You couldn't make me teach Sunday school. I felt like I didn't have, I couldn't do that. 
The only thing I did as a Christian, I prayed and I witnessed to unbelievers. I didn't know how to talk to Christians because I didn't know what to say to them. I was very fearful. I knew there was demonic oppression in my life. I knew it very clearly. And I didn't know what to do. I had met ministers. They couldn't tell me what to do. I, I was just totally lost. Because I felt movements in my body that I wasn't cursing. They just felt things moving all over my body. I knew this wasn't right. Especially when I tried to pray in tongues, the movements will increase. So I knew something wasn't right. But there was nowhere to go. Nobody in the United States understood what was going on with me. And it frightened me. So I quit speaking in tongues. <laughs> I think I would never speak in tongues because every time I try to speak in tongues, the activities in my body increase. And if it frightened me, I couldn't tell. How could you have all of this happening to you and you're going to heaven? I knew this was demonic. And then I, ha- I rented a room. I was determined I've got to be free. I rented a room and fasted for seven days. I still remember the hotel room, that little hotel room in Georgia. And I was determined. And I, I had read a few things here and there that, you know, as a believer, demons will listen to you. And I was speaking to those things. I think for close to seven days, I didn't drink water. That was bad. I didn't have any clue then. You can only go out of water for three days. I think I stayed long because I was desperate. I needed to be free. And I started speaking to those demons, telling them to leave. Uh, I had a lot of manifestation. Mind your business. I'm not going to tell you about it. <laughs> when I left that room, it felt like somebody had beaten me with a two by four. I felt really bad. A friend of mine asked, he said, Brother Goodluck, did God speak to you this seven days? I told him, no. Uh, but I felt like I'd been beaten really bad. <laughs> but right after that, it, it was an amazing thing. Right during that time, what I have in the book, that was the beginning. I gained the understanding. I needed to pray in tongues often. Nobody taught me then. And then before long, I knew how to help people be free from the, uh, to receive the Holy Spirit. Then in branch, I knew, I knew how to handle demons. I already handled the one in my life. Amen? I can handle them. I knew how to get them out and get people filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he started from there. But all of this happened Seven days that I spent time fasting. Before Angela and I went into what we have now as a church, we went for 40 days. Is I've never, there was a time in college station, I just, I had a serious question in my mind. God, you've got to answer me because I'm a minister, Pastor Daniel Bernard's church then. I need to answer these questions and I don't understand it. I, I, I locked myself in fasting for three days. The first day, God spoke to me from his word. I got my answer. I didn't go through the three days. I got my answer. There was no need to fast. I was gone. <laughs> and I got that knowledge to today. And I've got confidence. What am I saying? You can do the same thing. Where is the hunger? That's what bothers me. When I don't have the hunger, I know I'm in real trouble. So I started asking God, please, pour the hunger back in. I need to spend time with you. I need to fast. Help me. Because Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. But I want to express to him my desire. I don't feel anything, but please, I need some of that, God. You got it. 
please give me. Amen? And he does it for us. Isaiah 52, verse 1 and 2. He says, awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city that's talking about us. For, remember, Jerusalem is where they go to worship. Zion is the church. You are the temple of the living God. So, awake, awake, put on your strength. Amen? You put on your strength. It says, for the uncircumcised, the unclean things shall no longer come to you. That's what I want to declare when I'm fasting. I'm going to be free. I'm going to be free. Shake yourself from the dust. Arise. Sit down, O Jerusalem. Lose yourself from the bonds of your neck. Who is to lose himself? You are. That's what fat, the type of fat that God says he wants in Isaiah 58. To lose the bonds of wickedness. Who is to do it? Lose it yourself by fasting. Amen? Lose the bonds of wickedness off your neck. Pull it off. Take it off from you. Shake yourself from the dust. Don't allow yourself. Don't sit back there. Sit down. It says, it says, sit down, O Jerusalem. Lose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. You know, Zion means the church. And if you still there, you're, you're a child of God, but in captivity. How do you lose yourself? Fast. Pray. And address those problems. Amen. Speak to them. And I've, I've said here before, sometimes you don't need to pray. You need to speak to the mountain. Don't pray to the mountain or pray for the mountain. Speak to it. Fast. Pray to God. Turn around. Speak to the problem. That's what I did those seven days. I prayed. I needed the Holy Spirit by my side. This is a real battle. And turn around. And began to confess everything that I knew while I was growing up. The number of times I went before idols and bowed down and worshipped this crooked idol that they carved with crooked nose and all of that stuff that they made me do and ate animal, sac- animal uh, sacrifice to those idols. I knew that's where my problem came for, from. And I confessed everything and attacked. And the enemy said, yes, I'll let you go. Amen? And I got free. We can free ourselves. So you shake yourself from the dust. That's the way to shake yourself from the dust. If there's a problem that's bothering you and it's been there for so long and you've prayed, they've prayed for you and it's not giving, try some fasting and speak to it. You free yourself just like Jesus spoke. When Jesus came back from the wilderness, he went into the, the temple, I mean the synagogue, and he started reading from the book of Isaiah 61. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. When you come back after you fasted, that's what you must declare. Amen? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Is that not what the fast, the, the type of fast that God says he wants? To come out free 
full of God's power. Now it's time to get, set them free. You go out and you set them free. To heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are oppressed. How can you do it? After you've been anointed of the Holy Spirit, and you've been in the wilderness praying in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, now rewards you openly. And you can freely declare before everyone, I'm anointed. It's not bragging. That's the truth. That's the truth. Bring the sick. That's what we're saying next month on the third. I need you to bring those that are sick. Amen. Bring them. And I'm very sure God's going to heal them. Just bring them. Bring them. That's what we do when Angel and I go to Nigeria to do our crusades. We put flyers everywhere. The blind see. The deaf hear. And the lame walk. Bring them. If you bring them, God's going to heal them. God's going to heal them. We're going to prove how powerful Pastor Nob, how powerful the Holy Spirit is. Especially when we pray together, as we'll be doing on Friday night here, in unity, because we want to see God in action, the Holy Spirit. What it tells me is the Holy Spirit is at work in my life and in the church. That's all I'm satisfied about. He's with me. There's nothing better than that. Amen? He's here with me and he's at doing the work. He is the one doing the work. Jesus said, my father is the one that is doing the work. I want to see my father doing the work right here at the ark. Amen? And I'm going to close with this scripture. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. How many want to see his glory upon you? Now, the glory seen is like, it's not this stuff, you know? His glory is what he's doing in your life to effect change in people's lives and in your life, your family. His glory, he will arise upon you, but we got to seek him. We got to seek him. He says the Gentiles will come to your light. In other words, when they see what God's doing in your life, they want to go to church with you. They want your God and kings to the brightness of your rising. So when you rise, is bright. Amen? Every time you rise, is bright. Do we believe the scriptures? That's what the Lord says. And it's marvelous in our sight. Amen? Stand up with me tonight. You got to understand this. Today as it is, it's like you got to beg people to go worship God. You're not going to beg me. And I don't want to beg you. This is the day. Now is the accepted time. Make up your mind. Make up your mind. If no one goes, I am going. Is between you and your father. You do that in secret. He'll reward you openly. 
I've seen young people come to God and you watch them. One is serious, the other one is playing game. In fact, I know of two individuals. One is gone. I'm not sure he's with the Lord because when he died, people felt he was too, that's back in Nigeria, he was too bad to be put in the earth. They threw his body in the jungle so the animals can eat him. But he was saved once. I know him by name. And his friend, both of them were saved the same day. I've seen him, the same man in Nigeria. He's been with Beanie Hen on television around the world. Both of them were saved the same time. That man has been with Maurice Arulo, T.L. Osborne, all of the big ones. He's with them. He's well known all over the world. In East Africa, they want to listen to him. These two individuals grew up in the same city where I grew up. I know them personally. The other one died. When I asked of him, the guy almost like shot his ear. I don't want to talk about him. He went so low, he had relations with his father's wife. And when he died, they decided he was too wicked to be put in the earth. The family decided and took him into the jungle, left his body there. Somebody who was in church and was part of the ministry of a church. You decide. And the other one rose to the very heights where I can turn the television on and he's there. Known all over. You decide. We're not running a group race. It's an individual race. You go as far as you want to go with God. It's so important. That's my heart. I want every one of us. I pray that God will pour that tonight into your heart. That you will be determined, I'm going to follow this God. But nobody serves God in vain. He's going to reward you. Forget your past. Decide. Make, forget everything that's happened in the past. I'm going to follow after God. If you do that, God sees it in secret. And you have a new journey with him. For glory. Amen. Lift your hands up tonight. Uh, this is, I am very serious mood in my mind tonight. Let's not play games with him. Let's not play games with him. We got to be serious. We got to follow him. This is not religion. It's a life. It's a life with God. Father God, I thank you. Thank you for the people of God. I speak your grace upon them and peace multiplied upon your people tonight. Everyone at the sound of my voice tonight in the name of Jesus. Let grace and peace be multiplied upon your lives. And Father, I pray that you will pour upon us the hunger for God that cannot be satisfied. More of Jesus in our lives. More of God. More of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. No turning to the right or to the left. No going back. But pursuing after God. Like nothing else exists. That's what our prayer is tonight. Baptize us with that tonight, O oh God. Holy Spirit, help us tonight. I speak peace upon your people tonight and prosperity, success 
in every area of life. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.